Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast that's designed to help you live enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day of your life. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist and author of the award-winning and best-selling book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym, and I'm always glad to hear from you with all your comments and suggestions at ron.kaiser at thementalhealthgym.com. Now, as you know, while I do occasional solo episodes, most of these podcasts are really devoted to interviewing interesting, informative, and awesome people who can help you to lead your life in the most enthusiastic manner possible to become the best version of you that you possibly can. And so today, it really, it's a special day because it gives me great pleasure to have the first of my returning guests. Cody Dakota Wooten is the legendary leadership coach, speaker, podcaster, and TV show host, really builds his life around leadership from a positive standpoint. He's accomplished a whole lot at a much younger age than I am, and so I'm always a bit jealous of him. But one of the things that impressed me is the fact that although I think he was the second guest I had on these podcasts, maybe the third, but one of the early ones, his interviews have traditionally been downloaded throughout the process. Almost every week, we get several new people downloading Cody's words. So many of you know who he is. I thought he'd be a really great end-of-the-year guest. Number one, I wanted to have one. And secondly, we tend to play off each other very well. And I think his message is particularly important at this time of the year. So Cody, once again, welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Well, thank you so much for having me again. I'm extremely excited to be here. And I just really quick want to say the energy that you just gave off right there was phenomenal because I know you've talked about some of the stuff that's been going on with you this year. And to be able to come to the end of the year with all this energy that you have right now, it's giving me a ton of energy. So thank you for being the awesome individual who you are. Well, thank you. Now that we've complimented each other, uh, are we done or should we go further? Uh, I mean, I could compliment you all day, but... (laughs) Thank you. But I'd like to hear a little bit more about what you're up to. Again, you gave quite an introduction. And those of you who are downloading and listening and subscribing to these podcasts, you can learn a lot more about the basic background of Cody and the things that he does. But particularly interested at this point since it's been several months. What are you up to? What new certifications have you had? What new things are you doing in your work and so on? So let me let you free associate on that. (laughs) It's been a crazy past couple months. And it's one of those things where sometimes you get your mindset on something and you just plow forward. And then like when you stop for a moment and look back, you're like, holy crap, did I actually do all of that? So like this year, I've had three new certifications that I finished. I was accepted as a part of the Forbes Coaches Council. I've written a couple articles for Forbes, which has been a tremendous honor. And then on the physical side, I've kind of pushed myself to 
new heights that I've never pushed myself to before. And I started to do Spartan racing this year. I was able to achieve what's called a trifecta, which requires you to run a lot of miles and do a lot of obstacles. That's the short of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all that's been going on this year. And it's kind of like, how did that all happen? I'm not always sure. Well, congratulations on all those accomplishments. Just from a a practical standpoint, because I, I think overcoming obstacles is a real important skill for any of us who want to who want to grow. What are some of the obstacles that you might overcome in those kinds of races? What constitutes an obstacle? Oh, okay. So the in the Spartan races, these things are pretty tough. One is the distances. So for what I went through this year, I did one race that was four miles long, one race that was eight miles long, and then one that was 13 miles long, which is basically a half marathon. Plus, you have a certain amount of obstacles within each of these races. The first one had 20 plus obstacles. The second one had 25 plus obstacles. And the last one, the 13 plus mile one, had 30 plus obstacles. And these things include spear throwing 20 to 30 yards, picking up boulders that are 80 to 100 pounds and carrying them about 30 feet, hopping over different things that are anywhere from about five feet to eight feet tall and a bunch of other stuff that's like that. So you end up really muddy, you end up exhausted. And once you complete it, you just, you feel so satisfied that you actually were able to accomplish it. I can imagine that before I had my knee scoped and my hip replaced and so on. And I used to do some running, just running a certain amount of distance, whether you're going five miles or 10K or something like that, mm-hmm. can leave you pretty pretty tired in and of itself. But throwing yeah. ears and boulders and all that, I'm sure that the training involved requires, you know, really commitment and staying in shape. Absolutely. Oh, and the most fun part, and I'm putting air quotes here as most fun, on these obstacles, if there's one that you're not able to complete, you have to do 30 burpees. And some of the obstacles, you only get one opportunity. So almost everyone ends up doing burpees. The least I've done was 60 burpees in a race. And then the other two races, I did 90 burpees. So, Which is exhausting in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> 90 of them certainly sounds like a lot. Without going through your entire history, what gets you so motivated? I mean, you know, you're really a good role model despite being a young man and you're multifaceted. What gets you so motivated? Because I can remember, you know, there were a lot of times when just I knew that there was some kind of physical or mental task that I had to do. And I look at it and say, geez, you know, nobody is going to be any better or worse for it if I do it other than myself. Nobody is paying me to do this. You know, I don't have to punch a clock. And sometimes I didn't. So I'm, I'm just wondering, can you talk a little bit about motivation and what motivates you and how you help others? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I want to say is that I do not always feel motivated. Like that is not always me at all. There are a lot of times where I do not feel motivated. But part of what motivates me to continue forward is that I've really locked into what I want to accomplish in my lifetime. The long distance goals 
that I know I want to accomplish, like those bucket list items. And I know what I have to be able to accomplish in the next five, 10 years in order to make those dreams a reality. And because I know what that is, I can wind backwards and say, okay, if I really do want to make that happen, which I do, because they tie into my purpose in life, tie into what I'm good at, tie into what makes me feel fulfilled. I can say, okay, even if I don't want to do this right now, I know that I do want to accomplish that big goal. And if I don't do this right now, I'm not going to be able to accomplish that big goal. Now, is that something that is inborn or no? something hits you at some point and you came up with this idea? Because, I mean, the way you make it sound, it, it's really it a sounds easy. Yeah, it, it sounds easy and it's oh, not. <laughs> it sounds like it's something that you've accepted as being part of you. I just wonder how you got to that point because I'm sure there are whole lot of people who have goals, but the getting from thinking about it to doing, there's a big space that has to be conquered. And I'm, I'm yes. wondering how you, how you conquered it. And again, is it something that something hits you at one time? Did you make some decision? It's a variety of things, but the first place it really started off with was pain for me. And for different people, it's going to be slightly different things. For me, it was pain. It was me coming to a point in my life where I wasn't happy with the work I was doing. I wasn't happy with the overall state of my life. And I wanted something to change. And I had to ask myself, what was it I wanted to change? And from there, I had to ask the question of who am I? And it was in asking that question. And, and this isn't like, one day I asked, who am I? And I came up with the answer that day and moved forward from there. This was like months of asking myself, who is Cody? What do I actually want to accomplish? What am I actually good at? Because there are, there are some things that I'd love to, you know, theoretically be able to do, but they're just not going to happen to me. Like it would be super great to be an NBA all-star. It's just not going to happen, though, because I fall into that category of white boys can't hop. I'm that stereotype. And I, I cannot dribble a ball like that. It's, it's just not part of who I am and what I'm good at. And part of it is accepting things that I can't accomplish and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. Saying, like, that would be cool, but it's not real. And there are other things that I can actually take hold of that I'm great at and that I can move forward doing. So for instance, things in that nature would be leadership for me is a big one. Within that would be coaching. Coaching is a huge one for me. It's one of those things that the day I discovered what coaching was, when I heard it, it just clicked in my mind. People had been seeking me out for that kind of help without me calling it coaching. Mm -hmm. It had to be looking at, okay, one day I think it would be amazing to climb Mount Everest, but you have to be in really great shape to climb Mount Everest. You have to be able to go up hills. You have to be able to take on tough obstacles. So what are some things I can do today that'll lead to that? One of those for me is Spartan racing. If 
I want to be able to impact people through leadership, through coaching, through speaking at a higher level. I have to ask myself, okay, what skills do I need to improve so that I can make that progress forward and impact at the highest levels possible? That's why I went through all these different certifications this year because I identified that each of these certifications gave me a new skill set, a new set of tools, new abilities that would allow me to impact at a higher level. Does that answer your question? Sure. Yeah. I, I started going and then like now I, I lost myself. <laughs> Don't you love when that happens? Yeah, it happens frequently <laughs> with me. <laughs> I thought it was age, but I'm glad to see it happen. No, it's, it's not age. It's... I think it's just the brain is odd sometimes, and I accept that I have an odd brain. Well, which kind of leads to my next question is, were you always kind of an introspective kid in this regard, or is this something that, you know, once somebody decides, hey, I'm not satisfied with, with the direction of my life, or I really need some guidance, is this kind of thing that anybody sought coaching from you or guidance from you that it can apply to anybody or do we need to have some basis for being particularly introspective or leadership oriented or having some kind of something that makes people special or is it for everybody so within the becoming introspective and seeking out goals and chasing after them i believe that is for everybody I think that everybody can do that. Now, I don't think society has set a lot of people up to do that well, especially the introspection part. Our society does not set people up for that at all. Mm -hmm. I was not born great at that skill. It took time to develop that skill. And it, it took time to be really introspective, not just like on the world as a whole, but on myself. Those are very different things. I have always found it very easy to think about all the world and all the happenings of the world and all the things going wrong with it. Not always solving it, mind you, just looking at what's wrong with it, right? And it was very difficult to ask myself the hard questions. What am I good at? What am I terrible at? What do I really want myself? Because society tells us a lot of things are, you know, those trademarks of success, right? The Lamborghini and being in the C-suite and, you know, rising in the corporate ladder or becoming a doctor. Like society a lot of times tells us those are the trademarks of success and that's what you want to chase. And I don't believe that's true a lot of the time. It's true for certain individuals but not always necessarily true for everybody. And we don't ask ourselves, is that true for me? And really sit on that question. I know I didn't do that right away. And even when I did finally sit down on that, there were parts of me that were in denial that said like, no, no, that can't be true. The more I sat on it, the more I thought about it, the more I realized how true it was perfect example of this was when I was looking to get more into the speaking side. For years and years and years, I completely thought I was an introvert. Like I was convinced I was an introvert. 
and I discovered I'm actually an extrovert that's trained myself to be introverted. Society had given me ideas of what success looked like at a young age, and I felt like I needed to be introverted to accomplish that. And so that idea of introversion told me that I could never be a speaker of any sort. Like, that's not possible. That's not me. That's crazy. And the more I sat on it, the more that I talked to people in a more like in front of people aspect, whether it was just a small group or whatever, the more I realized I actually do have skill there. That was a hard pill to swallow at first. And there are still some times where I'm like, I don't know. And yet my skill set tells me I need to be going in that direction. As you were talking, I was thinking about a number of, I don't work exclusively with older age individuals, but I work with quite a number of them who have really had their self-image determined by society. And yeah. one of my tasks in working with them is to really let them know how much of it is really their choice, that they've chosen to go along with something that's, that somebody else set up for them. And how much easier would it be if they have made a different choice when they were quite a bit younger? So, I mean, I think this is really, really important and, and great stuff. Just from a practical standpoint, when you spread your teachings, I mean, do you see individuals? Do you do it over the Internet? Do you have groups? Uh, you mentioned speaking. What do you do when you're not being interviewed by me? <laughs> so I do coach individuals in person and online. If it's possible, I always love to do in-person meetings because there's that ability to connect in person that is just not quite the same in any other format. Now, I also know this is the 21st century. That's not always possible. We're always moving. We're always running around. And so like, what's awesome is right now we're using Zoom. And that gives us the ability to have this conversation. It gives me the ability to coach people. It gives me, you know, the ability to have coffee with people that are in, you know, completely different areas from me. It's one of those things that when you utilize technology in a positive manner, it can really make dramatic changes. And then I do on stage speaking as well. And then I do have some workshops that I do. I don't usually host a workshop and have people come to me. I usually have corporations say, we'd like this workshop. And I say, okay, I'll go to you. At least for now, who knows what the future will hold. Great. Well, before we quit, we're going to get your contact information. And of course, it'll be in the show notes too. But I'd like to change course a bit. As I mentioned, this is the last of the podcasts that I'm going to post this year. Want to approach this coming uh, period of time where the year is ending, the next year is beginning. For some people, this is all a really positive kind of thing. For some people, it's just, you know, another day and so on. I mentioned in my podcast that I did immediately previous to this that I always approach the end of the year looking at three main things in terms of wanting to be able to express gratitude or, you know, looking back sometimes on a daily basis, things happen. We don't really stop to appreciate it. I like to take yeah. that time. I like to assess what I've learned and what I plan to learn next year. And again, planning is kind of the third big thing. I like to be able to set goals. 
I'm wondering just in terms of yourself, do you have any particular, I don't know whether it's rituals or ways of kind of closing out the year or looking forward to the next, or are you just so doing all the things right (laughs) that you don't have to deal with that? So I am not doing all the things right. I'll throw that out there to start. I am not perfect at all. And I don't think anyone is, and I don't think anyone should be. I think that the imperfections make life really interesting. And it's only through the imperfections that we really get the opportunity to grow to heights that we never thought were possible. So I have not done this past year perfectly. We've said a lot of things that I've done right, but there are a lot of places where I've messed up. There are places where I've fallen on my face completely flat. (laughs) There are goals that I did set that I have not accomplished. And I am someone that likes to accomplish things. So those really irk me. So you're not alone. (laughs) If, If you feel like you haven't accomplished all the things you wanted to, I haven't either. I totally get that. And I like to look there first for two reasons. One, they're usually easier to come up with. And once we're done with the negative things, we can transition to the positive things. And two, sometimes the goals we set up earlier in the year don't matter anymore towards the overall goal because society changes you change, the circumstances within things change. And so if that's no longer valid, you don't have to beat yourself up over it anymore. So that's where I like to look first is those negatives. And then I transition to the positive. What are the awesome things that I've been able to accomplish this year? Because you're completely right. We don't appreciate it enough, especially when you're like high level achieving and you want to get all the goals done, and you're like, yes, go, 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 go. You almost never look back. And a lot of times when we do actually just completely stop and look back, we've accomplished so much more than we actually give ourselves credit for. In that moment of looking back, you can gain a new appreciation of the journey that's led you to here. One of the things I've learned in my life is that the lessons in the journey have the potential to completely change our lives for the better, whether it's the good parts of the journey or the bad parts of the journey. Sometimes the bad parts of the journey actually help us far more than the good parts of our journey. Point in case, another one of the crazy things that I've had the opportunity to do this year. So I hosted a virtual conference this year. I had this wonderful woman, Jackie Simmons, come on. And we were talking about different things because I did my summit conversational style kind of like this. And we got into the topic of suicide. And I've, in my past, experienced thoughts of depression and thoughts of suicide. And we talked about this. And when the conference was over, she said, I'm working with a group of people. We're writing this book for teens to help them overcome thoughts of suicide. I'd like for you to be a co-author with us. And so this year, I I was able to be a co-author in this book, Make It a Great Day, The Choice is Yours, which is for teens to get them to start to talk about suicide. Because there are so many people who are facing those thoughts right now. It's dramatic how many teens are facing it. And I was one of those teens. And I could have very easily been part of that statistic that attempted suicide. 
I was right on the edge of it. And I'm thankful that I didn't. But the lessons that I learned from that point of my life, that lowest point of my life, I now have the wonderful opportunity to teach other people how I overcame it and how I'm better because I overcame it. And that would never have happened if I didn't have that low point. Really interesting in how you made a minus into a real plus and have been able to affect the lives of others because of it. should be real, real proud of yourself, not just for hanging in there, but for being able to spread the word. Yeah. But I guess leads to another question about this time of the year. While for many of us, the holidays are, you know, kind of a, an upbeat time, get some time off from work. In some cases, we get to see family members who live in other places and we don't get to see on a regular basis. Some of us may be traveling to different places. So it's, it can be a very exciting time. There are, certainly are a group of people who don't find the holidays overly exciting or overly positive for various reasons. They may have set some goals that they didn't accomplish, or they may be in a situation now where there's some, you know, some negative things happen, a job loss, relationship breakup, maybe lonely at this time, or even if the structure of their lives is the same, they may not be able to feel that they can afford to give their family a proper holiday season. You give the kind of gifts that they want. So there are some people, I'm not telling anything new. I'm I'm sure it's well known that for some people, the holiday season, paradoxically, is not a great time. Yeah. Since we both operate from a positive psychology standpoint, wondering what advice you would give to them without being Pollyanna about it, which I know you're not. (laughs) Absolutely. First off, challenges are real. One thing I would never try and tell anybody is to pretend like they're not real because they're real. We go through times in our life that are extremely painful. I get that. I've been there. I know so many people have, everybody's been there at some point in their life and some people have had it much worse. And it's one of those things when you're in it, it's so hard to see outside of it. And within this, we actually talked about part of my framework in our previous podcast, which I would, I would recommend going back to if you've listened to it, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. And I talk about this concept, it's an acronym called LIFE. And when we focus on life more often, we have the ability to, over time, change that mindset. And I'm going to be honest, it's not easy. It doesn't happen immediately. But it's one of those things where the more you change your focus, the more you see of it. The same thing happens with a new car, right? When you decide to buy a new car, all of a sudden you see that same car everywhere and you didn't see it before. And it's like, did everyone buy the same car as me at the same time? Of course not. But your focus has changed. So now that you see it more often. And the same thing happens with positivity and negativity. And so... Even though it's hard, look at those positive aspects more often. You were talking about gratitude. What are the things you can be grateful for? And is there any sort of way you can change a negative thought into a positive thought? 
not too long ago, I had a friend, one of my best friends, our parents went to high school together and we grew up together. It's, it's one of those kinds of friendships. He had brain cancer a few years ago, inoperable. It went away, you know, and things were great. And it came back not too long ago. And the first thing that went through my mind is what can I do? I felt so powerless because I wanted to be able to help him at a higher level. And I didn't feel like I could. And then because I've, I've worked on this a lot in my mind, my mind changed the perspective from what can I do to what can I do? What can I do about this? And that thought sparked a whole new idea of something that I want to do in my business. And that would not have happened if I didn't have that change in mindset, taking that negativity to positivity. And again, like with the depression, coming out of the depression, I I said, what can I do with that? Well, I now have the ability to help other people who are experiencing that same thing. And so if you can change that mindset, it's not always easy, but if you can change that mindset, it can produce extremely powerful effects. Great. That's terrific. Uh, Mindset is kind of the characteristic way that we approach the world, and it then becomes a part of us, and it's very difficult. It's kind of a little bit like somebody who leads a very sedentary lifestyle if they heard what you said earlier, it's hard to appreciate that that's enjoyable for you. You know, those of us who go to the gym have a different mindset than those who come home and watch TV for the rest of the day and don't pay much attention to what they eat. And I think it's same kind of thing here, what you're saying. I think it's just very important because it really not just changes behavior, but really changes the structure of personality. Which leads me to one more point that I wanted to to find out about. I, at a relatively early age, in my late 20s, became a director of a counseling agency at that point. I had kind of leadership thrust on me, but I never really studied it until after I had to. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who, like us, may have been frustrated and may be frustrated in their jobs as we were, I'm sure, uh, felt that we yes. could do better. Just to make it concrete, since this is your field, if somebody kind of makes a resolution that in 2020, they're going to work toward becoming more of a leader, whether they see you, whether they're in some other part of the country or whatever, what's the initial step? How does somebody go from wanting to be a leader to taking concrete steps to become one? I love that question because a lot of times people are thrust into leadership positions and they have no idea what to do. And there are a lot of times where people want to become a leader, but no one's ever given them guidance. And there's not a lot of places in the world that show people how to become leaders effectively. That's why we're in a leadership deficit right now. And, you know, I could spout out all the statistics and I'm not going to do that right now, but it's terrible. It's terrible to just to say the least. And so really the best advice that I can give around wanting to become a leader, the very first thing you need to do is ask, how do I lead myself? And we don't think of that within the idea of leadership most often. 
we think of other people, right? I tell them what to do or I guide them to where they're trying to get to or guide them to a goal that we're all working towards. But you cannot give what you do not have. If I do not have a million dollars, I cannot give you a million dollars. In the same way, if I don't know how to lead myself, I cannot lead you. And so the first thing you have to say is, how do I go about leading myself? And that can be a hard question. And even in the time that I have been in the leadership world, I haven't always been the best at leading myself. I'll be completely honest with you. It's not always been this like perfect, I am the best leader of myself of all time. No, I I still have to work on it constantly. And because I work on it, I now have the ability to lead others better. And so I, I have to ask myself, how do I motivate myself when I don't feel like doing something? When I see a goal, I have to ask myself, okay, what are the steps that I have to do myself to get to that goal? If I can't answer those questions, right? If I can't figure out how to motivate myself, how can I figure out how to motivate someone else? If I can't figure out an action plan for myself to get to my goals, how can I help a business, an organization, figure out an action plan to get to the organizational goals? And so focus on yourself first. That is the most important piece of it. And when you can do that, not perfectly, because we're human and none of us are perfect and we fall on our faces flat sometimes, Sometimes literally, I've literally fallen on my face many times. It's hilarious and I I can laugh at myself, right? So within that, right, it's not going to be perfect. But as you get better at it and leading yourself, people will see that you're able to lead yourself and they'll be more inclined to want to follow you. It's a ton of information in there. It's really, (laughs) really helpful. There was one thing that I want to make sure that doesn't get lost, though, because you mentioned it quickly at the beginning, and that's the fact that there's a leadership deficit. So I think if you've got the right mindset, that should be something you jump on, that, hey, if if I do get good at it, you know, there's a place for me. There there are needs. Yes. But I can't go from nothing to everything. I've got to (laughs) lead myself first. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is the thing. People are begging for there to be more leaders in the world. They're literally begging for more leaders to be in the world. It doesn't matter what arena we're looking at. At home, people are begging for there to be better leaders. In politics, do I need to say any more than that? In religion, they're asking it. And in business, all of these arenas, people are begging for somebody to take a step up. And those spots are there, ready for the taking if you want to take it. That's real, real, real important. And, you know, again, I think that's going to be the mark of whether somebody is going to be a leader or not, if they take this advice and and run with it, because, I mean, it's kind of a reality. It's kind of like, you know, years ago, uh, when people said there were these great opportunities in computers, there's going to, computers are coming into the world. Somebody could kind of say that's interesting or somebody could say, well, let me educate myself in this. And, you know, there's going to be a need for my skills and leadership is, is obviously a skill. 
Well, as usually happens when we talk, uh, we run out of time before we run out of things to talk about. (laughs) Always. As we draw to a close, needless to say, I mean, this has been fantastic. I've learned a lot. I know the listeners will learn a lot. I know we'll get lots of downloads. But I'd like to give you a few minutes to tell people how they get in touch with you and what formats or what avenues they've got for for learning more from you and about you. Absolutely. The fastest way to be able to find out about me, my work, all that fun jazz. And I'm one of those people, I'm like, I don't like to super self-promote myself, but you know, whatever. So the fastest way is to go to my website. It is www.theleadership.guide, G-U-I-D-E. There's no .com, no .org. The end part is .guide. So www.theleadership.guide. From there, you can find my podcast. You can find my TV show. You can find out a little bit more about my coaching. You can find out about this wonderful book, Make It a Great Day, The Choice is Yours. We're doing this awesome thing with this book where whenever someone buys one copy of this book, we give two books away to teens. So we can start fighting this battle against teen suicide. Absolutely phenomenal. On my website, there's a link to, if you want to support that cause, there's a link there for that. You can find any of my social media accounts from my website. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. So you can find me at any of those. I'm always open to connecting, always open to having a conversation. Let's have fun. All right. Well, terrific. I'm, I'm sure people will be in touch because you've got a lot to tell them, a lot to say, a lot to teach them. And I'm glad to have been one of the avenues to provide for you to do so. As I said, this is the final podcast of the year, and I want to take the opportunity to wish you and everybody else a very happy holiday season, whatever you celebrate, and a very positive new year. Again, this has been Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser and our very informative guest, Cody Dakota Wooten. And once again, my website is www.thementalhealthgym.com. Even though I'm going to be taking a few weeks off from podcasting, I'm not taking time off from keeping the website operating. And then in mid-January, once I've had a chance to, to rejuvenate myself and also uh, add some more podcasts to my lineup, we'll be back in mid-January. I hope you'll join us. If you are getting a lot out of these podcasts, I hope that you will subscribe, that you'll rate it, and listen to all of them. Cody's one of the best, but just about every guest that I have is really informative with new ideas and. As I said, we all work from a positive standpoint to help people live enthusiastically and become the best versions of themselves. And if I may interject real quick, the Rejuvenating podcast has, you know, the best host of all time, Ron Kaiser. So there you go. Okay, I guess that means it's time to stop. I can't, can't take any more of these compliments. So again, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year. Everybody enjoy the holiday season. I hope if you aren't planning to, re-listen to some of the advice that Cody gave you 
and we'll be talking in 2020. Take care now.